Good morning. As you know, community is more important than ever. And with this weekly podcast, we at the Experience New Jersey team aim to bring you great conversations with thought leaders and business owners in our local communities. So join us weekly to hear the stories and insights. And today we welcome Cindy Gelarmini. Good morning, Cindy. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I want to say Cindy from, but it's like, I'd have to rattle off eight different things because you have so much going on and you are just like a multitasker extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. Um, But you are most known in New Jersey as the paint diva. Yes, for sure. Um, And so why don't you um, kind of start off and kind of give us a sense of, you know, kind of what, I know that you're a native New Jerseyan. So tell us kind of where you live and how you kind of your story in New Jersey a little bit. Well, I live in New Providence. I've lived here almost my whole life. I came here in sixth grade. Um, My grandfather was a minister, actually. He started St. Andrew's Church in the 60s. So we moved here from Pennsylvania to be here by my grandparents. Um, So, you know, I I grew up here. I've tried to leave a couple of times, but just (laughs) before you know it, I was married and I had kids and they had great schools and it was a great town to live in and it just didn't make any sense to leave. So, so we're still here. My kids have already gone through the whole uh, school system and and now I'm a glamour. <laughs> That's right. You are a glamour. I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, you're super entrenched in New Jersey. Like you, you know, you work all over New Jersey. Obviously, sure. you've been living in your Providence all these years. Yeah. Your husband worked in town. So you are. Um, my daughter, really- too. Yeah. Yeah. Your my daughter. Da- yeah. She's the deputy borough clerk. So if you go pay your taxes, you're going to see my daughter. <laughs> yes. What a great job she has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, awesome. So, I mean, I know our cross, our paths initially crossed, um, I want to say like 10 years ago, maybe even more than that, um, when we were both members of Believe, Inspire, Grow, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a women's um, you know, networking group, support network, um, all around amazing organization. Um, and, you know, we um, attended meetings together and our, our, um, our businesses definitely were intertwined because I do real estate and you do consultations for people um, in terms of wanting to, to paint their home and, and all of that. So um, one of the jobs that you had in New Providence was working at like the, the famous local general store, um, yeah. which had a paint store in it. And where you worked, and then that's where you became the person to speak to if you wanted to paint your home inside or out. The diva, the paint diva. So tell us a little bit about kind of how the paint diva came to fruition and what exactly you do. Yeah, it's actually a funny story. So I used to paint murals and faux finishes in the 90s. Um, And I did it for a few years, never really liked doing the faux finishes. I liked doing the murals, but that's what was in. And I worked for a lot of interior designers that would hire me to do it and a lot of referrals. Um, And then I knew as the 2000s hit, it was getting, it was around 2005. I knew the faux finishes were going out of style and I was up on an extension ladder about 20 feet in the air and I almost fell off. And I said, that's it. (laughs) I'm done. I had been working with a friend, another Cindy, for about a year. And I said, Cindy, it's all yours. You can take the business. I'm done. Um, And then I walked into the paint store in my town to get paint just for a project on my house. And he said, oh, my God, I can't believe you just walked in here. Uh, Another hardware store had hired an interior designer to help people choose paint colors all day. He says, I've been looking for somebody. And I already knew him because I did murals in all of his kids' rooms. 
And he said, come work for me. I need somebody to work with the, with the women all day. You know, helping me. He's like, the guys in the back just want to mix paint. They don't want women asking them, what do you think of this color? He's like, they can't, they, they can't deal with it. I need somebody to do this. I said, okay, fine. But I had four kids. My son, Robbie, had severe autism. He came home on the bus. I had already tried working a nine to five job and I, my babysitters would always quit. It was always an issue. So it always worked better for me to be self-employed so I could make my own hours. Um, so I said to him, I said, oh, okay, you know, I could do it, but you know, I, I need to be home at three o'clock, you know, for the bus. He said, no problem. Don't worry. He says, you know, I just need you part-time. Just come on in. I said, okay, great. So I started working there and I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to carry paint cans or ladders. All I have to do is choose a color. This is, this is a piece of cake. Uh, so I started to develop that part of the store and I told him, I said, listen, this is not an environment that women are comfortable coming into. This is a, this is a hardware store where guys come, contractors come to pick up paint. It's not really comfortable for women. Um, I said, you know, if a woman wants to go out to lunch, they're not going to go to, you know, the deli down the street where all the landscaper trucks are parked. They're going to go to Panera, you know, because it's just, it's a different environment, um, so he said, okay. So he built kind of a knee wall with columns and we set it up to look more like a dining room with curtains and made it, you know, more inviting to be in. And people just started coming. Um, gradually they started to catch on that I was there. They had never heard of, they're like, wait, you're what? You're, you're going to help me choose a color. You're kidding. They had never heard of this before. And they thought it was great. So word started to spread. Um, and in, in, in one of the other towns, there was someone that owned, a paint store as well, but uh, she, she, <laughs> they called her the paint Nazi because she was very short with people. And she's like, no, you don't know what color you want. Leave. Don't come back until you know what you want. You know, like no paint for you. <laughs> and so I started hearing these stories about her and people would say that we're afraid to go to her. We're saying, you know, we want to come to you instead. So I started, that's why people started coming. And I was there about, I don't know, six months to a year. And then one day a lady walked in, she says, oh, so you're the paint diva. And I was like, oh, are you confusing me with somebody else? She says, no, that's a paint Nazi. She's the mean one. You're the nice one. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, so whoever these people are that make up these names, you know, apparently they, they gave me my own monogram, the paint diva. Um, I was like, actually, I kind of like that. I'm going to stick with it. Um, and over the years they started, they would call me the paint whisperer, the paint guru, the paint genie. Uh, I like the paint whisperer too. That was a good one. But um, I said, no, I'm going to keep the paint diva. Right. Um, and I worked there for 11 years. That's awesome. Um, and I think I like I want people to understand like your talent because you really do have um, like an eye for color. Like talk about that. Like how how did you get that? Well, because when I was doing faux finishes, people would hire me to do things like, for instance, <clears throat> a woman had a tumbled marble backsplash and she didn't like how the, the white outlet covers looked. She wanted them to go away. So she would hire me to paint the outlet covers to match the tile to make it disappear. So when, when you do things like that, I had to match the color and the texture, the shadowing, all of that, right? So, and I was using Benjamin Moore paints when I'm doing this. So I was becoming very familiar with the colors to begin with, okay? <clears throat> then when I was working in the paint store, people would bring me a magazine picture, for instance, and they say, the magazine says it's this color. So I'd pull it out and they say, oh, that looks nothing like it does in a magazine. So I said, well, obviously you, li you like how it looks in the magazine. So I would pull out the color that looked like it did in the magazine and then they'd be happy. And so then I started doing that. I started getting my own magazine uh, pages and matching them like on my downtime, because I had a lot of downtime in the beginning because 
people didn't know I was there. So I started matching these photos to all these Benjamin Moore colors. And I started learning them inside and out. And I ended up putting together like a dozen books full of, you know, all these colors. So when people would come in and they didn't know what they wanted, I put the book in front of them and say, here, look through this and see what catches your eye. And then say, oh, I like that color. Um, But then I started learning, you know, it's more important about what you have in your home. Like, just because you like that color, does it go with your couch though? Does it go with your backsplash tile? You know, I don't know. So then I started having people bring me in a cushion of your couch, bring me in your tile samples and that type of thing. Um, and people would lay out colors they were thinking about and I'm saying, nope, that's too green. That's too pink. That's purple. Blah, blah. And I pull them away, pull them away. And I'm like, here, that one. And they're like, huh. They're like, they couldn't believe it was, is that simple. And then I found over the years, I kept giving the same speeches over and over again. I kept saying the same thing, you know, and I started developing this system basically of, of how to do it, of how to choose the colors. It's about matching your stuff, but it's also a lot of people would want to paint. They had to paint their whole house, not just one room, especially people that just bought a new house. They want to paint the whole place before they move in. And it's overwhelming to choose just one color, let alone the whole house. But I found that I kept doing kind of the same thing. Like I would always put a neutral in the living room because you have couch area rug pillows you know pillows and art all these other things to do color so it was much easier to choose a neutral that kind of works with your couch uh dining room would be the opposite dining room was where i would play with color you know we were coming out of the 90s and early 2000s where everybody had a red dining room right so i'm like you're used to a lot of color in the dining room let's keep going with color just not red you know like i didn't like doing a neutral in the dining room it's almost as if you should write a book about that should right well funny you should say that So, yeah. And and this was through big one of the meetings that I went to, we we were talking about writing a book and, you know, it's good for your business and establishes you as an expert and all that stuff. And I was like, hmm, I should really write a book, but I couldn't figure out how to write it without being brand specific and without being all about Benjamin Moore. You know, I I, I couldn't quite I'm like, I know I should do this, but I can't quite figure out how. So um, I had worked for McGrath's. a different company bought them out and I, I left that's been going on five, six years ago. So I went out on my own and to get word out there that I was still around and, and still the paint diva. Um, I booked a, I call it the library tour where I spoke at all the different libraries, Basking Ridge, Bernardsville, uh, you know, whatever, New Providence, Berkeley Heights, Short Hills, whatever. Um, and I put together a PowerPoint <clears throat> and I put it up there and I would talk to people about how to choose colors and da, da, da. And um, by about the second or third time I looked at it, I said, oh, I have the outline to my book. I just figured it out. And I was telling them the same formulas that I was telling people all the time. And I said, that's it. That's how I do it. So I've been working on that book for, it's been five years. I, I put it aside um, in 2000 uh, because my I did a children's book um, series instead. So that was like my COVID project. So I put it aside. I pulled it back out last year and it's just about done. We just shot the, um, in, in March, uh, we, we shot the photos for the cover. Um, and I'm at the, I'm at the end, like doing the index, you know, it's like, that's, I'm going through and trying to, I, I, when I was done with the book, I'm like, people are going to ask me what color is in each one of those photos, just like in those magazines, they're going to want to know what color is that in that room. So I'm going through the entire book and writing down what all the colors are on all the pages so it's just the monotonous Great. stuff now but it's almost well, done let's, Hopefully let's, it'll be do, done um, let's collaborate and do a book launch party for that 
I would love oh, to yeah, do that. That would be, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's a great resource for realtors to give as a gift. Yes. You know, to right. The when people move you know? in and they want to make changes, they don't know where yeah. to start. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. very smart. Yeah. Because um, I'm only, I'm only one person, you know, I can't be everywhere. Like I get, I get emails and stuff from people in California, Arizona, all over the place. You know, they're like, can you help me? And I can do virtual consults, you know, through FaceTime right. now. Um, but you know, there's only so much I could do. So that sort you of start a paint diva school and then start producing little mini paint divas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, we God, great minds think alike. I'm like, that is my next step after the book launches Then I want to do a course and teach yeah. people how to become a color consultant. Cause I've got 16 years of doing this for literally thousands of people. Thousands. Right. I've done this. Well, Okay, so I want to pivot a little bit because, mm -hmm. you know, like, I think people can tell how passionate you are about what you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the paint diva is really just like one facet of you. There are mm -hmm. so many other facets of you, which is why, like, I love you so much. And like, over the years, we've just stayed connected because I'm always just like in awe of like what you take on and what you finish. Like you are a doer to the max. And like you are, you have a, you have an idea and you execute. Um, and I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier that you were a mom of four, um, that your son Robbie had severe autism. Um, and despite all of that, you still like managed to get so much done. Um, talk to us a little about Robbie and, um, you know, his impact on your life. Um, and you know, the, the creation of this series of books and this new foundation that you have going, because I think that's an amazing, an amazing feat. Okay. So it's funny that you say that I get things done because I'm sitting here thinking that that evolved over time because I'm, you know, uh, this artist personality where you get a creative idea and you want to start it, but then like, you know, oh, oh, wait, but now I have this idea. Now I want to start this. And oh, now I want to start that. And, you know, when I first bought my house, I painted everything. I did faux finishes and I painted, I would paint faux area rugs on the floor and stuff, but I would end up not finishing it. <laughs> It would be like I, I painted a fair a faux runner on my stairs and it's it's, you know, 10 years later, it's still not done because I got on to an onto another project. So I learned from that that I if when I'm excited about something and I'm passionate about it, stay on it until it's done, because if I don't, it won't get done because I'll find something else to get passionate about. Right. Um, and raising a son with severe autism completely changed who I am, too. I mean, he had zero patience. Everything had to be on schedule. Everything had to be on time. No change to the routine. Uh, he was completely nonverbal. Um, so like my days were timed to the minute. So his bus would arrive at 835 in the morning. Right. So I had to get my other kids up, dressed, drive them to school, get back here, then get Robbie dressed, then and feed him. And he he wouldn't leave his shoes on, you know, like when he was home, he wore pajamas, no shoes, barefoot. Right. But he knew school clothes, you know, we have to put the clothes on for school. So God forbid the bus was five minutes late. Okay. I would come back in shoes are thrown who knows where in the house, you know, it, it, like, you, and then I'd have to run around and try to find it. So like I had to, I had to literally time getting him dressed and ready to go and out the door, like to the minute. Um, otherwise it was a complete disaster. So that's kind of taught me. And also for just from doing the, the murals and the faux finishes, like I had to plan ahead of time 
the whole mural in my head. I needed to know what color paints did I have to bring? What supplies do I need? What do I need to pack up before I drive a half hour to somebody's house? Because if I forgot something to drive all the way home and get it and come all the way back, it's a complete waste of time. Um, so I just, I don't know. It's just as time went on, I just kind of learned how to do that. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So with the books, um, so I was starting my paint book and I had called um, a PR person and she Googled me ahead of time. And she said, what is this Robbie and me autism thing? What is that all about? And I have a YouTube channel where I followed Robbie around for four years, trying to advocate for over 21. Um, you know, there's no day programs out there and things like that. Right. So I explained that to her. I told her, um, you know, that I had started that, but Robbie, he passed away four years ago and uh, she said, so what are you doing now? And I, and I was like, well, I, I don't know. I have all these followers and I built this momentum. Um, you know, I've been trying to help people. I'm not quite sure what to do. She said, well, why don't you write a book? I said, well, I did have an idea of writing a children's book about a little penguin with autism. She's like, oh my God, that's amazing. You have to do that. I was like, oh, okay. Who knew it would be such a big deal. And so I posted on Facebook. I'm like, I'm thinking I might write this children's book. And I had like 400 people like all chimed in. Oh, that's amazing. You should do that. I was like, Okay, I didn't realize a children's book would be such a big deal. So I sat down that day and and I wrote the first story and children's books are about 25 pages long. And it was really just about this little penguin that's that was in preschool and he didn't sit still and he liked to line up the, all the trucks instead of playing with them, you know, like the other kids did. The preschool teacher noticed, you know, he really likes to rock and he doesn't talk and and all this and he gets diagnosed with autism and that's the end of the story. And I said, well that's just the beginning. I need to keep going. So I just right. kept going and I just started writing. I wrote a dozen stories by the end of the week. Um, and I'm also, you know, I'm a singer too. I used to write songs. So it was like writing rhyme, rhyming. It was like writing 12 songs because they all rhymed. And, uh, and I would write them and every story ends with, I love you just the way you are. You know, it's like Robbie is a penguin who likes riding in the car. His mama always says, I love you just the way you are. And I'd write a story and I'd run downstairs and I'd read it to my husband and he'd start crying and I'd start crying. And I was like, <laughs> and then I'd go back up and I'd write another one. And then I stopped reading them to him because I, I'm like, I can't keep crying. I have to, I have to just <laughs> write. And then, uh, and then I said, well, how am I going to illustrate? I don't do graphic design. I'm not a computer person. I have to stick with what I know, which is paint. So I got out my sketch pad and I just started, you know, doing all the sketches. I had a couple long flights that year. This is pre-COVID, right? I flew to California and stuff. And I would just bring my sketch pad for something to do on the plane. And um, <clears throat> my last trip was to Israel in March of 2020. And COVID broke out while we were there. That was, that was fun. All the airports shutting down. Uh, and so then when I came down, we had to quarantine. And then we went into lockdown. And so I started, I just put them all on my dining room table and started painting all these illustrations during the whole lockdown, March, April, May. Uh, and I had did 340 illustrations by the time I was done, but I stayed on task until it was done. And, you know, well, look, was I remember Cindy, like, I just remember you sharing that journey online. And like, mm -hmm. I just remember every day you'd be like, I did 10 more. I did 10 more. And you have these like, you know, on your floor, like all these um, Piles. graphics and, <laughs> and it was, Piles just, them, I yeah. was like, wow, she is in the zone. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. you know, you kind of passed over it, but it's, you know, your, your son passed away four years ago and, you know, I already grieves in their own way. Um, but you have funneled your grief into so much good and so mm -hmm. much, um, raising awareness, raising funds, creating opportunities, um, for children and also for mothers. I know you did an event that we helped sponsor, mm -hmm. you know, a few months back, um, mm -hmm. about, 
doing mommy makeovers for mommy of mm -hmm. autistic children. Mm -hmm. um, kind of talk about the, the foundation, how that came about. Um, about eight years ago, I was at an event through Big, the Believe, Inspire, Grow. A woman had opened a uh, day spa and she invited us to come. It was one of our night, um, you know, activity things that we did. And we got a sample massage, facial and a pedicure. We all had our robes on. We were sipping champagne. It was a great ladies night out. And a friend of mine was there who has twins with autism. And I knew that her marriage was falling apart. And I, she was smiling that night. And I took a picture of her mm -hmm. and I said, she needs this more than anybody here. And I kept that picture. And I said, someday I'm going to do this on a bigger scale. I'm going to do this for autism moms. So... Uh, over the summer, I met somebody that, you know, basically said they would help me do it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do it. So in October, um, we got a hotel here in New Providence and um, we did the full day. I got a massage school to come up and uh, bring 10 of their students and all the moms got massages. We, we would rotate. They'd get their massages and their hand massages and facials. Then they'd move over to me and we did a paint party. Uh, then they went over into a friend of mine is like a counselor and they, they just had a room where they could just hang out and talk. Cause I wanted them to meet new, new friends because when you live this, people don't understand what your life is like unless you live it. And for me, my life was very isolated. You know, I, we couldn't take Robbie places. My husband would go to softball and, with the girls and I would stay home with Robbie or else I would go to something and he would stay home with Robbie. You know, we were never together. Um, it, it, you don't make friends like you do. Like my younger son played sports. You know, you meet the other parents on the soccer field or whatever. There is none of that with Robbie. Uh, he, he went to a school where kids were bused from all over New Jersey. I didn't know the other kids. I didn't know the other parents. Um, and I just feel like they have a potential to get depressed, to be lonely. They don't have friends. Um, and sometimes they just want to they just need help. They just need to know, hey, I'm not the only one. There's other people in the same boat as me. I learned all this through my YouTube channel. So my goal of this was relaxation, um, to make new friends and to laugh. So they, so they, um, they had lunch and dinner were all donated. Um, Palo's kitchen, Palo has uh, kids with autism as well. He donated all the food for that day. And then at, um, we did makeovers, as you mentioned, we surprised four moms. We took them to a salon across the street. Two of them had not gotten a haircut in two years. Wow. So we, we did their, their hair, professional makeup. My sister's a photographer. She did headshots of them. And then after dinner, we did this big reveal where I projected their before picture. And then we turned the music on and they came out and, you know, and everybody went crazy because they look awesome. Uh, another friend, she's a professional stylist. She got clothes for them. Um, and they just look great. Everybody went nuts. And then we finished off the night with a professional comedian um, who has a son with autism. So he did some, you know, some autism humor too. And they, they loved it. It was great. So the thing was, we got some donations, but people kept asking, so what's the name of the foundation? Who do I write the check out to? I'm like, well, it's just, it's just me, <laughs> you know, it can't help you there. But, um, so, uh, the person that was helping me with the fundraising said, listen, if you, if you do this again, think about starting a foundation yeah. so that it's easier next time. So I did, it was one of my clients is an attorney and he sets up foundations. So he did that for me and, uh, we set it up. It's the Robbie's world foundation. Uh, the books are called Robbie's world. So the foundation is also called Robbie's world. You know, I'm, I'm finding with the different projects I do with all the different names of different businesses, it's, it gets kind of confusing. So I'm like, it's much easier it's to consolidate. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's just easier to just make it, keep it kind of all under the same name. Um, so yeah, the foundation just became official like two weeks ago. I just got my letter from the IRS. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, you've been working on that for a long time. Like I know that that's always been your vision, um, you know, among other things like, you know, having a, a kind of a special, um, you know, kind of resort or a place to have retreats for moms of autism, ch autistic children. Um, I, we're kind of low on time, but I wanted to just touch on a couple things. One is the name of your foundation, um, your Robbie's books, book series. I want to put it out there to the world because I think this is like really important. We're looking for a way, right? You are trying to get your books in every school in New Jersey. And I mean, obviously the nation as well, but would love for help to think of ways to execute that. Um, some of the simple ways are buying a set of your books um, and then donating it to your local school. Um, so tell us a little bit about where we can find your books and where we can find your YouTube channel and all of that. How can we okay. get more of Cindy? Yeah. Well, when I was posting on Facebook, a friend of mine who's a teacher, she said, I can't wait to read these books to my class. And I was like, ah, light bulb, because yeah. most kids are kept in district now, like in an, you know, there's a lot of inclusion and, you know, a contained classroom. So they're in school with a lot of, um, you know, all the neurotypical kids are, are being exposed to autistic kids. Right. And so I want them to understand what autism is. And instead of, you know, a kid, you know, stimming and they're thinking, oh, he's so weird. I want them to say, oh, I get it. He's just like Robbie the Penguin. We just heard that story. Right. Um, so I did virtual uh, assemblies, you know, last year. Now that the schools have opened up, I got to go, you know, into school. And I have this adorable penguin mascot that I bring and the kids love him. Um, so it's really cute. And the teachers love it. And I did have somebody from Woodbridge. Uh, they bought 50 sets of the books and they handed them all out to all the schools. Um, like if every district would do that, it would be great. But it teaches kids in a just a cute, funny, gentle way what autism is. And they just enjoy the stories. You know, the books are not for autistic kids, even though autistic kids do like it because they they relate to the character. Uh, it's for everybody. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to figure out how do I get the books into elementary schools all over. Um, not quite sure how to make that happen, but I thought maybe the foundation could help too. You know, if people donate to the foundation, I can order books and I can send them out. Right. Um, or people, you know, some people have bought the sets and given them to their teacher or to the librarian at the school or whatever. Um, any of those ways are good. But Where can they know. buy the books? So they're on Amazon. It's easy. Uh, that's the best way to get them is on Amazon. It, it's called Robbie's World and a Spectrum of Adventures. Here, let me so you can see the cover up close. Okay. Robbie's World and a Spectrum of Adventures. There's three books. There's four chapters in each book. So there's 12 uh, stories altogether, but there's three books. There's book book one, book two, book, book three. Um, they can also go on my website. That's the best thing to do. It's robbiesworldbook.com. And everything is on there. You'll see there's the link to my YouTube channel, to my podcast about the foundation. Uh, the mom's retreat is called the Lemonade Lemonade event. Um, and and the link to order the books, everything about there, uh, you, you know, and you can see um, when you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see my old videos of Robbie on there as well as my podcast. So, yeah. And by the way, that is a beautiful love story. And I, you know, I just I love I love what you did with your son. You, your son was lucky to have you as his mom when he was Thank in this world. So, Thank you. yeah, I, uh, if you, you know, if you go on my website and read, you'll find out the story about why it's about penguins 
and you'll see that Robbie is, uh, he's still involved in everything that's going on for sure. Yes. And you've got a lot of stuff going on and I love it. And I'm going to try to help you. We're going to put some ideas out here on how to get you to achieve these goals, these wonderful goals. Um, and I just look forward to seeing, you know, what's next and yeah. uh, staying in touch. And, and you, uh, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention too, is that yeah. because I set up the foundation now, any proceeds from the sale of the books goes into the foundation and it'll go to helping moms um, and families. And, you know, for now we're, I'm doing these lemonade events, but I have much, much bigger goals, but this is, this is the start. Awesome. Well, Cindy, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank Good luck with everything. Me. Thank you so much. All right.